Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. Action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. So I want to welcome everyone to this week's installment of Your Life, Your Purpose. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I'm excited to bring you another great podcast this week. And switching it up a little bit, I don't often do this, but this particular week, I am actually going to be bringing a guest here uh, to speak with me, actually not physically here at my house, but uh, here uh, here on the recording with me. And so I'm really excited. I, uh, I met today's guest. His name is Stuart Friedman uh, at a, uh, a meeting that I had with a company that I work with uh, called Freedom Fast Track. And uh, Stuart had shared some of his uh, mindset, his strategy, and his approach that he takes with business owners and executives to really help them break through in uh, where they're at and, and to get to that next level. And as, as everyone who's listening to this right now uh, can totally appreciate, you know, we all have those goals. We all have those steps that we want to take. And there's always that time where we get stuck and we need someone to kind of get us out of that rut, get us to the next level. And, and so Stuart kind of shared his methodology and, and some of the things that he does to really help get organizations on the same page and help people with that breakthrough. And so, Today we're going to talk about a specific topic of, you know, how do we attain flawless execution? And so uh, the words flawless execution is certainly something that if you uh, hear those two words together, that piques everyone's interest. It's like flawless execution, how do I do that? Um, so that's something that uh, I know is intriguing to, to everyone who's listening today. And so, Stuart, uh, I want to thank you for uh, being with us. Oh. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you as well for allowing me to share a few thoughts on this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Stuart, uh, before we jump into the content and the meat of, uh, of our interview today, uh, just give us a little bit of background on you and, and uh, how you got to where you are today. First things first that uh, I'm going to share is that where I got today, Brandon, wasn't alone. So my first, met, my first uh, comment is going to be a part of flawless execution. Folks, you can't do it alone. You just can't. It's impossible. Uh, I know everybody wants to be a hero, but uh, those days are done. Uh, it's all about the teamwork in order to go forward. And so getting here, um, aside from education, I my first job out of graduate school was with uh, Accenture, but at the time I was there, it was called Anderson Consulting. And I had built... Uh, a $350 million SAP practice there. And after that, I went to a logistics company, and they farmed me out to their uh, clients, like Philip Morris, Nabisco, Pillsbury, and the like. And these companies at the time, in the, mid, in the mid-90s, were building mega distribution centers, like a million and a half, two million square foot facilities. And I was brought in to build the team. That's my forte, is building teams and divisions and companies. And then ADP, the payroll company, had brought me in. Uh, they had a small business division that was highly fragmented, and they brought me in and chartered me with making a practice out of that. And by the time I left three years later, it was at $750 million, 5,500 people, 144 offices across the United States. So I knew what I could do. 
I knew, and I, I knew most of my limitations. Um, and, and so after that stint at ADP, I, I wasn't promotable. And you're thinking, what? Not promotable after what I've done? Yes, because that's a publicly held company where people are golden handcuffed based on shares and options. The people above me weren't going anywhere. And I really had an itch to have an impact on this planet and I decided to start my own practice, my own company, which is Progressive Management Associates, PMA. And the premise of the business was based on the fact that what I saw in companies that I had done work with here, the you know, most recent obviously being ADP, was that the communication effort from top down is what matters. Communication is not a two-way street. It, it really isn't. It's one way. It's top down. The goal is to get collaboration, which is a two-way conversation. But in terms of determining where you're going and how you're going to get there, if the person at the top hasn't got a clear vision and mission to execute, then nobody knows what to do and nobody knows how to follow up and, and, and make it happen. So what, what, what occurs is people then resort to their own ways of doing things, not a bad thing necessarily. And this is the behavior I noticed at ADP. There was no leadership, and that's what got me started on this path. Thirteen years ago, I started PMA. My lovely partner, uh, who, who gave me all the confidence in the world, and said, yeah, go ahead. You got two years to make it happen. You're going back to corporate America. And with that kind of incentive, but love uh, behind the effort and the words, you know, I've, I haven't looked back. And, and 13 years later now, you know, I've, I've touched and worked with over, uh, companies uh, spreading over 130 industries uh, with a client base, uh, an active client base of, of close to about 70 uh, clients around the world. So, uh, you know, having someone on my team like my wife, you know, who said, you know, who, who knew that I would try anything once, and that's my success, I'll try anything once got up in front of an audience of CEOs and said, Stuart, you ought to get on a couple speaking circuits. So now I'm a, I'm a, a highly rated speaker on some circuits here in the United States and around the world. I have a consulting practice where I work with businesses as a whole, and I work with individuals at that executive level and, and, and manager level as well. Where, we're getting, where people are stuck is inhibiting uh, growth and success. I've also written uh, a book. Uh, break free from job jail, and uh, about to publish my second book. I haven't named it yet, but uh, just on the cusp of getting that done and shipping that off as well. So, does that does that give a, a flavor for uh, the the journey? That that uh, that certainly does. That's great. That is great. So, let's talk flawless execution then. So, you're you're working with companies, going through that process. Um, what's the first step for people to execute okay. in a flawless manner? What, what do they need to do first okay. to start that journey? So, Brandon, I don't know if you realize how poignant and profound that first question is because that's the first question everybody has to ask themselves. Where am I going? And it doesn't have to be I'm going to this $500 million company and you're currently at $10 million. It's where am I going next? You have your strategy lined up. Okay, so let's work on that immediate strategy. Let's just, let's just everybody 
think about something they're trying to execute on, let's say, let's just say by the end of the year, or maybe it is the end of the month, but let's just take something, everybody put something in your mind that you're focusing where you're going. That's first and foremost. Where am I going? What is my objective? What is my goal? And Brandon, uh, in, in, you know, hearing your other shows and reading your blog, you know, I've seen the, the common goal term called SMART goals, specific, measurable, action-oriented, reasonable, and time-sensitive. Folks, if all five of those conditions aren't met for where you're going, then you're not going to get there. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. So that's first and foremost, that SMART goal. That is absolutely step one. And a SMART goal comes with uh, the specifics of what it is, what's the measurement, is it, is it about taking action or waiting for it to happen. If you're waiting for it to happen, guarantee it won't. Is it reasonable? You know, I'm going to sell $200 million worth of uh, toothpicks in the next three months, really. You've never sold 200 million toothpicks in 10 years of business, and you're going to do it in three months? Not reasonable. And finally, mm-hmm. time-oriented, time-sensitive. You've got to put a time frame in in order to execute. So we're going to say the specific goal is, um, let's say, $100,000 in sales by December 31st. Specific. It's measurable. You've got to take action. I've got to actually do something to make it happen. It's reasonable based on, uh, I'm going to presume it's reasonable based on your history, and it's time-sensitive, December 31. Now, that's all fine and well. Where I have found in, in working with my client base, where we fall short, even in the first step, is we don't put down milestone dates. Three months is a long time from now. And there may be things that come up during those three months that could knock you off your rail or knock somebody else off their rail or get in the way. So you have to have milestones, otherwise known as check-in points, whether it's weekly, maybe it's weekly for the uh, – maybe it's uh, monthly for October, November, maybe it's bi-monthly, weekly, whatever it is. And let me share something with you folks. The more you meet, the better chance you have of execution. And I'm not talking about hour-long meetings every day. I'm talking about what happened yesterday, what did we accomplish, what didn't we accomplish, why. Okay, what are we doing today? Five-minute meeting. And the interesting thing that I found about human behavior, if you don't put in those milestones and you check in on somebody three weeks later, they're going to sit there and look at you and go, what are you checking up on me for? And now they view you as a micromanager. But when you put the milestones in place um, proactively, anticipating change, all of a sudden that's an anticipated expected meeting and you're not micromanaging. So that's the behavioral side and it's the action side. That's step one. Yeah, and that's, and that's so important. I mean, you know, the first thing, you know, knowing where you want to go. I, I just did a workshop and we talked about uh, George Harrison's last recording that he released his last single after he was after he died was a song called any roads which basically said if you don't know where you're going any road will get you there that was based off of uh the story alice in wonderland by lewis carroll uh where Mm -hmm. the cheshire cat said uh you know where do you want to get to well you know anywhere will do he's like well any road will get you there so go ahead knock yourself out and 
you know, that's the really that's the reality. The first thing with vision is and where we want to get to, even that next step, it's like, look, if you don't know where you want to go, it doesn't matter then. Uh, goals and everything else uh, are pointless because where where your goals taking you. Uh, the second part of that is is having those having those check in points is is important. One of the things that that listeners will will appreciate is is managing by objectives, and we set yearly objectives, but we break those down to quarterly. But we also break those down even further, and we create those agreements with people saying, look, I, here's when we're going to check in. Here's Here's how we're going to make sure that we stay on track, or if we need to course correct, that we know when to do that as soon as possible. So that's so that's that's very important. And another fact, Stuart, that's that it really is important, and this is really hard for executives and business owners because people who are successful are eternal optimists. I mean, we think that we can do everything in the world. Uh, you know, you hear the. Uh, the statement, if you believe it, you can achieve it, and all that other crap. But it, it really is about, look, if you believe it, you may be able to achieve it, but what is the right time frame in order for you to do that? And Jim Collins calls that confronting the brutal facts. It doesn't mean that you're giving up on your vision, but you touched on that. It's so important. If you know what your facts are, it, it, then you can feel pretty certain that, look, I've really vetted this, and I feel pretty strongly that this is a good direction for us to move in. But a lot of times we forget that. We go right from goals to action, to strategy to action. Uh, and sometimes we just go from goals to action. We forget strategy and tactics altogether. So, um, so yeah, so that's great stuff, great stuff. So um, once, you, once you work with someone and you get them on that, on that goal-setting path, uh, what, what's the next step for people? Okay. So the next step is once that's clear and you've cleared out the noise, then the next step is now sit down and make a list of all the activities that have to occur in order to support those goals. And uh, we, you don't necessarily have to go down to, to the, the, the minutiae in the weeds type level of activities. But if you're an executive, you probably have a team. So at an executive level, do an executive level list of activities. Um, get the, you know, post the goals, meet with the individuals, uh, talk about territories, etc. Whatever it is, you know, get the new cars going, get them the gas uh, policy, gasoline policies, whatever activities have to occur in order to execute your goals, you have to make a list of them. You've got to know everything that you're going to do because if you can't see it, then you can't plan for it. And here's, Brandon, a fact. In the work that I do, I do a lot of um, um, profiling. That's a big part of my work. I will tell you that less than 12, 10 to 12 percent, less than 12, 10 to 12, less than 10 to 12 percent of the of the population can is is naturally able to to be strategic or plan anything. Less than 12 to 10, 10 to 12 percent. I'm sorry. It naturally can sit down and plan and be strategic about anything. Now, the good news on that is we can teach them, and this is the plan. I'm giving you how you get people who can't plan how to do it. You ask people when you give them something to do. You give them the plan, and you just observe. Just observe. They, they just start doing stuff. They don't sit down and come up with the goals, the dates, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now we've given that to them as executives. 
They don't sit down and write down the activities. They just start doing stuff. Okay, so make a list of those activities. That is step number two. It is that simple. Okay, great. What, uh, what is, what, what's the next step from there then? Okay. So when I started doing this work, I surveyed my clients. I, I couldn't figure out with all the people that existed in these companies why they couldn't get stuff done. And here's what I found out. Here was revelation number one. Most people, because they want to be heroes, they don't think about the activities and, or, or they don't think about them in, 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 um, in, in whole. But if whatever activities they come up with, very few people, if any, sit down and think about, geez, what are my barriers to success? People just start doing stuff. They don't think about, okay, I got to make it from here. I got to go 200 miles from here to my client. What's the road? And they just punch in GPS and away they go. Well, fortunately, GPS can give you alternate routes if you get off your main course. But that's not business. No one gives you GPS. So if you don't plan your alternate routes, if you don't plan for those barriers, when you get stuck, expect delays. How many, you know, how many listeners sit there and now scratching their heads? How many of you get stuff done on time, right time, first time? And in most of the groups I speak to, I'm going to share with you that probably less than 10% of the companies and executives I work with make it on the first try. And that's okay. That's okay. But they, net, but they rarely have plan B. Plan B comes out of desperation. So you've got to come up with the barriers. You've got to know what might get in the way. But everybody's so busy, Brandon, on being a hero. Here's the idea. Let's go. Okay. Great. So, you know, one of the classic plan Bs, you know, is, is the U.S. military was um, D-Day. There, I mean, even though the plan was to go in mass at, on, you know, over on Europe and just, you know, everybody at the same time, their plan B were all the different beaches, all the different beachheads. And that's how, I mean, that's why they were successful. They knew if plan A, if the, if the main approach didn't work, they had all the other alternatives in order to get up in, you know, and, and uh, take the beachheads you know, along Europe there. It's the same thing. You've got to have plans B and C, at least two more plans on the barrier side. So if okay. I may, Brandon, let me just flow into the fourth step. Mm-hmm. The other thing that 100%, I, I repeat, 100% of my client base did not do any planning for were, was who were the people that either affect me being successful or affect me by getting in the way. Nobody thought about the people they had to deal with. And it was amazing because I'd sit there and I'd just start asking, okay, we need to do X. So, Brandon, is there somebody in your company that always says no? Is there somebody in the company who always makes it difficult Nobody planned for it. But then when it right. happened, oh, you know, here we go. Or, geez, I don't want to talk to him or her because they're just going to say no. Well, if you had planned for it, guess what? You might not have had to get to that point. So, right. so the other part of the people side is not only are you looking to see who might get in the way as a barrier, but who could you bring on on your team? 
who's out there that actually can help you get things done that you never thought of? And I have to repeat, you can't do this alone. Nobody is successful because they did it themselves. So, Brandon, you're a successful business person. You have a business, but and, and, and at some point along the way, as you were growing up and maturing in business, were you doing accounts receivable and accounts payable and sales and service and the programs in any of the companies you worked for? Or if you were in sales, did you just do sales because you had all that support staff behind you? Right. So, yeah, so if, if people think they're going to get more reward by doing it themselves, you might mentally get more reward, and you may feel that, you know, you achieve something great. But I have to tell you, it, it, it's not about – I'm not going to say you have to work smarter or, or you have to work whatever. You, you have to work what's right for you. And if you want to achieve more, then you've got you to gotta bring more people into your life and, and bring them as a team. So the two things that, that – I'm just going to make the blanket statement. The two things – that most, if all people don't think about when they're planning to get things done, are what are my barriers to success, and then what people either get in the way or what people can help me along the way. So to recap the four steps, you got to set your goals. you got to be clear because if you're not clear, people will set their own goals, which, which could be very counterproductive to what you're right. trying to get done. And then you'll blame them when in actuality you should blame yourself. Step and put in those milestones, dates. Step two, what are the activities you have to execute on to be successful in those goals? Step three, possible barriers. Step four, the people you're going to engage with. I, and and what, I, what I try to um, really emphasize with people, folks, I spent, and, and Brandon, I'm sure you did the same thing. We have invested in ourselves to go to programs, go to uh, workshops, seminars. We're sharing with you insight to make, make it happen. And if you're already doing this stuff, you know, good for you. That's why you should be ahead of the game. But there's nothing wrong with making mistakes and then trying over again. Nobody who's listening to this call has gone their entire life not making a mistake. Because if they did go their whole life not making a mistake, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this call. So you're probably not being honest with yourselves. So getting back to planning, again, only 10 to 12% of the population can naturally do this stuff. So take out a piece of paper, write it down the four steps, you know, copy those so that every project and program you're trying to execute on, pull out that piece of paper, fill it in, and now you have your roadmap. Brandon, I have my clients with all their different projects, and, and, and it's even down to the individual level. So let's say you, uh, you were on my team, and I, I pull out my folder, my Brandon folder, and inside the Brandon folder would be this, this four-step um, piece of paper or four steps on a piece of paper, it would be in there for all the different projects we're working on so that I have a roadmap, I can see big picture, and it's right there. I can't remember everything. And that, that four, just four steps on a piece of paper, it's that simple. This is not easy work. I'm sure Brandon has told you, you know, his listeners, that, that things are simple, but they're not easy because it takes discipline and hard work. So this 
four-step thing is is very simple, but you got to do the work. Yep. Okay. Do you have time for a couple of questions? I do. Okay. So here's a couple of things that I know that uh, my listeners uh, think, and if they were on this uh, recording with us right now, that, that that they would ask. So here's here's my first question, Stuart. A lot of entrepreneurs and executives tend to be people that we call quick starts. If anyone you know who's listening is familiar with the Colby uh, the conation exercise, you know one of the bear, one of the ways that people uh, one of their modes of operation is how quickly they engage in something. Some people, like you said, Stuart, you give it to someone and they're off and running into a wall, not even knowing why they're doing it. Um, for those people who have a hard time sitting back, taking a breath and saying, okay, how are we going to get this done? And if we have some execution issues, what's the next step or next plan? How do you get those people to take a step back, take a breath, and really think through what it is that they're doing? If, if I may, you're talking to a Kobe quick start. Okay. And what I will share with you is I'm going to emphasize that you can't do it alone. So if that's the case and you have to find someone who can catch all the, all the pieces, set up some sort of, of uh, rough draft of what needs to happen, and then sit down with you and you fill in, the, fill in the spaces. That's what you need. You've got to find a second person. Because if, if, if you're, from my perspective as a quick start, it's all in my head. It's a fleeting moment. A lot of times I say I'm going to sit down and do it, and then there goes the shiny object right across my, eyes, my eyesight, and I'm chasing the, the, uh, the shiny object. So let me give you a couple tools that, that uh, have worked for me. I carry around a digital voice recorder, and then I, you know, and I, I would dictate into the digital voice recorder, just upload it into my PC, and there I had my thoughts and my ideas, and then pass it on and, and have somebody transcribe it. And by the way, um, I don't know if they're still that good. Uh, idictate.com charges, I think, a penny a page um, to dictate. So you can forward it to them, and they'll, they'll turn it back with, uh, you know, transcribe. And then, and, and then pass it on to your trusted, you know, either assistant, advisor, whoever it is that can then make shape and form out of uh, – that stuff. So that, that's how quick starts uh, can support themselves and help themselves. Okay. Great. So that's a great tip. So here's, here's one other question that, uh, that I know that people have. So you touched on a plan B, uh, even giving an example of D-Day and, and how that was a plan B and how successful that was. But uh, it, it's amazing to me when I talk with certain people how adverse they are to creating an out plan because everyone kind of is under that assumption that, hey, I need to burn the ship and, uh, you know, we're either going to live on this island or we're going to die. Um, so speak to those people who have that mindset who just, they can't even fathom thinking about another direction for their plan because they feel like that's a sign of weakness or a mea culpa uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Well, um, I guess first things first is, uh, you're, you're, first of all, the wealthiest people on this planet during our lifetime all failed. So, so if, if you don't get that failure is a part of the equation for success, then just give it up now. 
I mean, really, take your money, take your possessions, sell them, go move to an island where you, you would never try anything, therefore you would never fail. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Thomas Edison. You, you know, all the inventions that, that, he, that he created didn't come because he thought of them on the first try. Most of his inventions that were successful took hundreds of attempts to get it done um, before they became to fruition. So from a mindset standpoint, if, if you're not willing to fail, I can't help you. I just, I, really, I, you can't. Now, for those who don't want to fail, so let me shift it and I'll throw it back at them. For those of you who don't want to fail, then, then start doing some planning. For those of you who don't want to fail, start bringing some different points of view who know more than you do and what you're trying to attempt to do. That, that's the, that is the key to not failing. But if you're intent on doing it yourself with no alternative thoughts about how to get there, then, um, then, then sit in traffic. So, for example, living in Southern California now, They've had some gridlocks here, Carmageddon, because of the construction. Well, if you think you can beat traffic, you think you're smarter than the average bear and you're still going to go down that road, the 405 or the 110, I think it is, and you're still going to do it because you're going to prove to everybody you're smarter than they are, then okay, then sit in traffic. And when you don't get where you want to go in a timely fashion, then you can go the next step of typical human behavior. You can justify and rationalize why you failed. So, so again, I go back to the key is if you're not willing to get people to be on your team and take up the stuff that you shouldn't be doing, then I can't help you. If you think you've succeeded without ever failing and out doing something a different way, I, again, admittedly, um, you know, my humility kicks in and says I can't help you. But if you're willing to understand that your way might be the best way, but there might be a different way, then I can help you. And then, and, and then these tools will come into play. Great. Okay, so, uh, Stuart, if someone wants to get a hold of you, um, what is the best way for, for them to make contact? Thank you, Brandon. The, the best way the best way to make contact is to send an email at, uh, to Stuart S T U A R T at P M A dash C O dot com Peter Mary Apple hyphen Oscar dot com Stuart at P M A dash C O dot com and I always accept uh, either my, I will or the voicemail will accept uh, your your call at three one two five four three Zero zero one three. Awesome, awesome. Well, so so listen to this. I mean, we're talking about execution, which is important only to everyone. And so as you as you work through this, and 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 this, my blog is called Build Your Soul Purpose. The show is called Your Life, Your Purpose. The whole thing with purpose is that when you know your purpose, that's great. But if you try to achieve on your on your own with your purpose you can at a certain level but i know many of you listening have aspirations to take your value that you know that you can create in the marketplace and expand that in as quick and efficient way as you possibly can and you want to affect the most people that you can the only way that you can do that is to surround your sole purpose with sole purpose teams other people who are engaged in the work that they do 
and that bring value in a way that's completely unique to the way that you bring value so that you can then leverage your skills and value creation possibilities to the highest level in the marketplace. And that's really an important point as we're talking about strategy is that, look, you can create the best plan in the world, but if you don't have a team to help you execute it, uh, it becomes very difficult to do that. So, uh, Stuart, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy, uh, busy schedule to be with us today. Um, so thank you. You're welcome. All right. So uh, check me out on the blog. Hit me up with comments. Call Stuart. Email him if you have questions as well. Uh, I want to appreciate everyone for listening to this week's episode. For your life, your purpose, this is Brandon Allen. I'm signing off. Have a great day.